Welcome in, everybody. It's another edition of the First and Orange podcast. Parker Gabriel here, Ryan McFadden there, Denver Post, Broncos Beat Reporters. Coming to you, it's Tuesday, late afternoon, November 21st. We're headed into week 12 of the NFL season already, Ryan. How about that? Yeah, this this season has gone has gone back pretty pretty quick. Yeah, no doubt. And uh, it's uh, it's rolling downhill now for for the Broncos in a good sense, like in the gravitational sense, not like it's going downhill and, you know, off a cliff. The Broncos have won four in a row. It's tied for the longest active win streak in the NFL with the Philadelphia Eagles, who uh, won at Arrowhead last night against Kansas City to get to nine and one. The Broncos are five and five. They're a game out of the playoff picture. The computers and the analytics still don't still think it's a long shot that they actually end up in the playoff field. But Ryan, I mean, you know, Minnesota had won five in a row. The Broncos, uh, really pretty ball game, really no problems. They breeze right past Minnesota. No, it was ugly, but they got it done on Sunday night. They're back to level. Uh, and it's an interesting team in a clubhouse, of a locker room that's got quite a bit of energy right now. Yeah, they do. Uh, like you can tell the vibes has changed uh, drastically from being – at one and five to now five and five and actually in the playoff hunt, which is still to me crazy to actually say they're they're in the playoff hunt. But yeah, they are. Yeah, you can tell the energy and, and one thing you can tell the belief. I think that's one of the things you you can know. Like these guys really believe in you know what's was believe in each other. I guess uh, you can tell they believe in like uh, the vision Sean Payton has had for this team and you know his coaching style. And I think that has translated to the field as well. But yeah, you hit the point. Like it's. Even after after a crazy after that kind of, uh, kind of that kind of win against Minnesota, like these guys are like they're going all for it. This, this is not a team that's like you know just all right. We'll just wait for next year get a good pick. No, they this uh, they're trying to go all in, and you can tell they they're they're locked in and and believe in one another. Yeah, no doubt. So obviously Sunday night, you know they play really like defensively. Obviously they gave up a lot of yards on the ground, but after the first quarter quarter and a half they, they locked it in pretty good defensively obviously three more takeaways and then offensively they just really struggled most of the game and then they get a touchdown drive and and you know a little russell wilson magic when when they need it um late in the game touchdown to Cortland sutton with a minute and three seconds left um it was just kind of one of those nights and i thought it was interesting ryan like after the game it was like as close to outwardly willing to like be excited as we've seen Sean Payton so far, I think like he called it a gritty drive. And then he was like, that was a good two minute drive now. And he was like, Cortland Sutton, he's something else, man. You know, like he had this sort of like almost, um, you know, just sort of like off the cuff praise as much as we've probably heard from him. And then Monday morning when we talked to him on the conference call, it was right back to, Man, if you watch the film I watched, it was there wasn't a whole lot of good in it and all of this. And so you can I thought you got a glimpse of Sean Payton believing that maybe this team can make an even bigger run than the one they're on. And then also the sort of like snap back to reality about how much work, um, especially offensively, the group still has in front of it. Yeah, it, it was crazy. Like it, I, I was kind of like laughing uh, during, during Monday's presser because of that. And it's like night and day of his yeah. reaction for the game because when you when you heard him on sun on sunday on sunday night it, you know that this was a guy that was happy excited to be back at 500 excited that you know russ is being russ in two-minute situation Cortland Sutton continues to 
create a highlight reel of, of insane catches. Uh, then Monday morning, you're like, man, did they did they even win this game? Yeah. <laughs> the way yeah. he would just pick, like, but I guess that's his, per, you know, that, that's his personality. That's who he is. Maybe that's like his approach of, maybe that's like kind of his coaching style where where he, he kind of like gets them back into reality. Like, yeah, we won, but we still got X, Y, and Z to, um, to fix. Yep. Yeah, no doubt. And it's interesting too. Like, I, I think I tweeted out the numbers. Yeah. And so, you know, they got the the field goal right before halftime. Um, that was a two minute drive. And then they scored a touchdown, obviously, um, in a two minute situation when they were trailing by five at the end of the game uh, to take the lead. They didn't get the two point conversion. But on those two drives, um, 17 plays, 121 yards and seven first downs. Um, so seven first downs in the two two minute drives and then eight other drives they had in the game. They only had six first downs on those eight other drives. So, like, you can obviously – it's not rocket science why he wasn't that happy with what they did offensively because they really did nothing offensively outside of those two two-minute drives. I mean, they got set up just in golden field position, you know, twice by the two Jaquan McMillan takeaways. Didn't score on either of those. Kick field goals on both of those. They were one of 11 on third down um, before the last drive. They were – uh, you know, 004 in the red zone before the last drive. And so like, it's very, it's interesting because if you look at, this is maybe jumping around a little bit, but if you look at over the one and five start, they averaged 21 and a half points per game offensively. And over the four game winning streak, they're averaging 22 points per game offensively. So like they've sort of been, you know, who they are on that side of the ball. And in order for them to really like to, to say nothing of winning three or four more in a row, like to beat Cleveland on Sunday, uh, one of the best offensive teams in the league, like they're going to need more offensively. And just overall, it seems like the biggest key for them maybe going forward is figuring out a way to put more points on the board on the offensive side. Yeah. The, you saw, you saw something like, I don't think the, the offense is like Sean Payne said it himself. He said it early, like they had not found their sweet spot and they're still were close. Uh, yep. You know, they, they made strides. I think one thing I noticed during this, like outside of the past two weeks, I thought they have done a, a pretty decent job in terms of um, winning the football. So, but, but, the, but the last, but uh, on Sunday night, it was just, the offense wasn't, wasn't good. Yeah. I, I, I was, they came through when it mattered most, but Will Lutz settled for, was five, was, was five for five on field goal attempts. To me, that's, that tells you right there. Like they wasn't, you know, they wasn't putting. They they wasn't getting in the end zone quite a bit, and to me, I think if they want to make that run, that's something they're going to have to clean up. They're going to have to. They're going to have to figure that out. Figure out that continuity. I, I know Russ's numbers look good, but overall, like I still think this is it's this still a work in progress. Um, they're not. They're nowhere close to being all the way there yet, or where they're nowhere close to where. Um, you know, you could you you look at this offense and say, all right can you know or is, is this the offense that can help them continue to sustain this type of success and right now i think that that they, they have really benefited off the defense generating takeaways i think that's helped them tremendously but like if you if you want to make make this winning streak possible if you want to keep it going and you actually want to get to the playoffs and then when you get there try to win games they're they're gonna have to they're gonna have to uh get get their get their act cleaned up offensively yeah no doubt and it's funny it's funny to say that because you know, they're 15th in the NFL in points per game, 21.7. Like, it hasn't been great. 
they haven't been terrible in terms of like point production, especially some of us are old enough, Ryan, to remember what it looked like last year when they averaged um, 16.9 per game. And so, you know, you're, you're up a touchdown basically over where it was at last year. Um, Russell Wilson has 19 touchdowns against four interceptions. He's only got the one turnover over the four game winning streak. I mean, I think that's really obviously been critical. It's like, they're not scoring a ton of points. They're not super efficient offensively. Even like the last two weeks, the run game has disappeared a little bit when that had really been, you know, the strength for a few weeks. And even still, they're right in games and then figuring out how to win games because they're just not turning the ball over and they're forcing a preposterous number of takeaways. I mean, they've got 13 takeaways uh, over the course of the winning streak and just two turnovers, a Cortland Sutton fumble and and one Russell Wilson fumble. And so when you go plus 11 over four games, um, you know, that's how you win like this and so like i think at the end of the day like if they're going to carry this forward let's say that you know let's say let's say they're going to you know if they want to finish five and two and get to 10 wins and give themselves like a really good chance of of making the postseason like they're probably not gonna force three and a quarter four takeaways a game um but there's enough room for improvement in other areas in particular offensively and then you know stopping the run that if they can just do a little bit of those things, it, it, you know, the idea would be that then you can help offset the fact that you're probably not, you know, going to force a, a takeaway every other possession um, for for the rest of the season, which is the kind of insane rate that they've that they've been on or close to it uh, over the past month. Yeah, I, it's hard to see this this like this uh, the amount of turn they've generated. It's hard to see that you know keep going. Like I don't know if they're going to continue generate three to four turnovers every game for the rest of the year. That's good. Yeah. That's going to be hard. Like yeah. it's, it's, it's impressive that they've been able to do it, but to say that it's going to, it's going to continue for the rest of the season. That's like, that's truly hard to do. Now, if they do it, then man, that's, that's incredible. And that's props to Vance Joseph and props to the defense as well um, for, you know, uh, rewriting their narrative, but yeah, that's tough to do. So, and I, and you, they have to know that it's tough that like not every, not every game you're going to get two takeaways from Jaquan McMillan that sets you up in the scoring position. That's, that's not going to happen every single game. So I, it, they're going to have to like, like you said, the two things they're going to have to get do a better. If they want to continue to success, they're going to have to one do a better job at slowing down a run. Uh, you gave up 192 yards to the Buffalo Bills and 175 yards to the Minnesota Vikings, who entered who entered that game are near the near the bottom in, in yards, rushing yards per game. And then another thing is like, like I said, we got you gotta find that consistency on offense. Like you go you go 0 for four in the red zone, uh two for twelve on third down, and then uh, uh, they, they struggle to put points on the board in the third quarter as well. So it's and you know that's something that we've we've seen at times throughout the year where they struggle out the gates. They get the you know they kick they kick uh, they get the ball in the second. They kick to start the game. They get the ball in the second half, but they have a hard time, you know, taking advantage of that first possession and putting no points on the board in the third quarter. So yeah, they, I, I think when you look at if they want if they want to keep the if they want to continue to assess outside of just you know uh, forcing x amount of turnovers a game, it, it starts with the run defense and it starts with getting some consistency on offense. And I think and I think that's going to be the key moving forward. Is you, you can't you. I, I know, like they got they got the win. It wasn't pretty, but you can't expect this team to you know to continue this success if their offense is is not finding that flow or rhythm.
Yep, no doubt about it. And they, you know, early in the season, they were they they generated you know as many or more explosive plays in the passing game as as anybody in the NFL, and that was sort of like the thing they did. You know that they didn't they weren't winning games, obviously, but they were hitting big plays in the passing game. And now I'm trying to do the math here. Now they're in the bottom third of the NFL. I've got 24 passing plays of of 20 plus, and I haven't done the math on it, but I would bet that. You know, the majority of those, you know, they, they hit Cortland Sutton down the sideline for 33. They've had a couple of like crossing route type of things the last few weeks. But in general, their ability to, you know, to win over the top in the passing game is really dried up. And so teams are making them, you know, go the length of the field and kind of, you know, chip their way. I mean, you saw, especially the last two weeks, but especially on Sunday night, it seemed like every time Russell dropped back, it was, you know, turned and thrown out to the flat to a running back, dumping it off to Smash P. Ryan. And that's like, I feel like fans watch that and it's frustrating for most of the game. And then like crunch time comes, they get in the two minute drive and, uh, you know, Russ goes four of the six completions to Samaj P. Ryan. And it's like, you know, seven yards and then 18 yards and 13 yards and seven for a first down on third and six. And like, you can do it that way. It's just, and teams are playing this sort of like shell, you know, two shell and a lot of coverage. Sean Payton's talked about that. We're just getting a lot of coverage um, recently. Um, but eventually you you want to find a way to force teams to come up a little bit um, and then to get guys over the top. And whether that's, um, you know, Jerry Judy or Cortland Sutton or or the sort of disappeared man, Marvin Mims Jr., um, you, you, you think that it's like that – that sort of like yo-yo back almost has to be part of the equation at some point. Like they have to find a way to produce that, especially, you know, like this coming week against Cleveland, you're just playing a defense that you're not going to go 70 yards against four times. You know, it just, it's just not going to happen. They're really, really good. And so you've got to find a way. This is what, what happened with Pittsburgh um, playing Cleveland this last week is like Pittsburgh really didn't do much of anything except for one drive. They broke like a 70 yard touchdown run from Jalen Warren and that kept him in the game right until the end. So you know, you got to be able to break the game open. You got to be able to make big plays. Um, Denver hasn't done as much of that in recent weeks. And it's going to be one of the ways to juice your numbers up offensively is just to have that one, to have the one big hit, one or two big hits in there. Um, and then those are the type of plays also that can that can swing a game really fast. Yeah, it can. And it's running like we talk and, and they have the guy. <laughs> I think they have the guy on the roster that can kind of like, you know, get those big plays in Marvin Mims. And, you, you know, we've been talking about this all year. Um, and we're almost, it almost sounds repetitive at this point that, like, you would like to see Marvin Mims get more involved. Like, he's been one of the best uh, returners in the NFL, no question. Yep. Yep. But you would love, like, it's like, I feel like, yeah, like, he's he's excelled in that one area. But I feel like, I don't know, this it's just so much talent there in terms of that big play ability that's just being bottled up and, not used to his true potential. I think someone like Marvin Mims can like, you know, break a game wide open when you, when, you know, when, when the offense is not going right and you need that momentum, uh, he's the type of guy that, you know, get open deep and, and make it, make it and catch a big pass from us that can just change the whole course of a game. So you don't like moving forward it, for, for, for them to, you know, generate those more explosive plays. I think it, one of the re- ways to get it started, like trying to get him more involved, on offense and put him in those opportunities where he can uh, get those, those deep passing plays for like 20 plus yards. Yep. No doubt. Minnesota, maybe the NFL might've finally got the message because as you can see here on the game book from the Minnesota game, uh, five kickoffs, all touchbacks and two punts that, that 
they did not give Marvin Mims a chance to return. So they were fine. Minnesota was like, look, we're not going to kick it to the guy. And you'll, <laughs> I think you'll see teams largely take that track the rest of the year because every time he touches the ball in the return game, it seems like something good happens. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be super interesting. One thing that we don't know, we're recording this. It's Tuesday at about 4 p.m. We'll, we'll see. We're sort of like expecting any minute to get word on what happens with the appeal to Kareem Jackson's most recent suspension. Uh, four games from the NFL came down yesterday for the hit on Josh Dobbs. I mean, it's not four games because of the hit on Josh Dobbs. He's, you know, he wasn't even penalized on the play, but it's the sort of accumulation of of things with Kareem this year. Um, so just to sort of like set the deck there, he got suspended four games last month. It got reduced on appeal to two. Uh, we're expecting a decision on whether um, this four game suspension gets reduced at all. Um, second time around, it just, it seems, I'll be surprised if it goes to two again, put it that way. It's it's not impossible. I don't, I don't know that. I just, you know, when it happens on the third play that he's back on the field after a suspension, just the league could make a pretty compelling case that like two games did not, you know, cause any sort of behavior change or change in approach from Kareem Jackson. So we'll know that for sure. Maybe by the time we're, we're done recording this podcast. Um, but either way, Ryan, I mean, you just you have to imagine that the Broncos are going to be you know, without Kareem Jackson here for, for at least a couple of games and maybe up to four um, going forward. Yeah. And it, it's tough because it, it comes like, I think this suspension really comes at a bad time because they're dealing with the injury, the ankle injury to PJ Locke. So, you know, it depends on how long the suspension is that it's going to, it's going to hurt that safety depth. And especially like, and it's hard because like you get him back and Kareem Jackson is a solid player. And he, he, he played to me, I thought he played a solid game against Minnesota. And then, boom, he's right back. Like, he's back to missing games. And especially at a time where this team is trying to make a make a get a come to playoff yeah. Yeah. So your defense is plays really well, and you would love to have someone like Kareem Jackson out there on the field. And especially when you're trying, you're five and five and trying to make a push for the playoffs, you're going to need as much help as you get on the defensive side of the ball. And to have, you know, to have him be suspended for whatever it's going to be four or at the at the moment, four games. Yeah. We, will, we will learn more after the appeal. But let's say if they stay stay in the four, you have them out for four games. He won't play the Christmas Eve. That's a lot of that's a lot of football. That's a lot of meaningful football games that he's missing. And and to top it all, we won't find out till later in the week whether you know PJ Lock is a, is a go for Sunday against Cleveland and the severity of that injury. So it, this, I think this injury is really tough for the defense because especially at the time, it, excuse me, the suspension is really tough for this team because at the time it happened. Yeah. Like you can't, this is the worst time for to have a key guy in your secondary to be suspended for possibly four games. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, the, the, the stretch coming up, we talked a little bit about it. It's critical, right? They've got Cleveland at home, Cleveland seven and three uh, on Sunday. Then they go on the road, which by the way, Ryan, Time on the Houston game moved up to 11 local time. Yes, exactly what a beat writer wants. Um, on the road at Houston, six and four, uh, a week from Sunday, and then a division road game at Los Angeles. And not only that, but just like a tough stretch in the schedule where after Cleveland, you know, they go on a, a three game road trip, which isn't all that common in the NFL. Cleveland, Houston, uh, excuse me, uh, Houston, the Chargers, and then Detroit. And so, 
you know, if you're missing all three of those games um, or even, you know, two of them plus the Cleveland game, you're right. I mean, it's just, a, it's a critical stretch in the season. It's part of like, it's interesting. I don't have like, I don't have a lot of hot takes about, you know, Kareem and all of that. Like I, I don't think that, I don't think that the way that anybody plays on the field is necessarily indicative one way or the other of the type of person they are. Um, it's not like I know Kareem Jackson really well personally, but he does a lot of good in the community. His teammates absolutely love him. Um, they swear by his leadership and all that. The only thing is, and Mark Kislar columnist, um, you know, brought this up the first time around is like, regardless of whether you think that the rule should be the way it is or interpreted the way it is or whatever, by continually putting yourself in this situation, at some point it's going to hurt the team. And there's just no way around the fact that last time it did, and definitely this time it does, given just where they're at roster-wise. I mean, the inability to play in a way that the league deems safe consistently is going to disadvantage the Broncos, like, going forward. And so that's like, you know, you can quibble with whether he hit – the guy in the helmet, I mean, he he made contact, obviously, with Josh Dobbs' face mask. Um, you can say there's been other hits in the past that look like that. I mean, that's true. There's a lot of plays in the NFL. But, like, at the end of the day, um, he knew he was under the microscope. And three plays in, you know, he launched. His hands were back behind him and didn't wrap up and went in with his helmet in his shoulder. And, and now he's going to be out for a while. And so, like, that's a tough blow for the Broncos. And it just is one of those things where it's like, you know, you figured that the NFL was going to go right back to a pretty harsh penalty um, if he got in trouble again. And it did not take very long for that to happen. Oh yeah. Like when the play happened and then when you, you check Twitter during the game and you saw like the, the close up, Oh, I knew it was going to, the, yeah. the league's going to look at it. They're like, that was like, you just sat there and watched the game. Like you're like, Oh, they're going to, it's going to happen. And you could tell like when Sean Payne spoke on Monday, like he knew, like you, it wasn't like, like he wasn't shocked. And, you know, you can, you can talk about, and players, I, I, one thing I say about Kareem Jackson is that to me, he plays like a guy, like he plays like it's 2005. Like that's yeah. yeah, his play style is like, he plays like a guy, like back in the early two, like that's like early, his style is like early 2000 style football. Um, but you, you make a point like, you know, the rules are the rules. You can argue all day whether the the rules are valid or not. But at the same time, it's like you got to realize they are there. They are in place. And you have to be mindful of that um, because no matter how many times we, we can go, we can go on social media or don't how many times a current or foreign player can talk about you know, discuss their displeasure for it. It's still there. It's still in the rule book. Yeah. And that's not going to, and, and that's not going to change. So I think that's right there. You got to, you got to be, no matter, like you have to be mindful of that um, because you can't hurt your team. And this is, and right here, if he's out for four games, that hurts your team. Cause it's not like at that position, there's, if PJ Locke doesn't come back, that, that, that room is thin. You got the Larry Turner, you know, and you have JL Skinner who, who hasn't played a snap this year on defense. So, and he I was active for the first time on Sunday night. Yep. So that's you don't want that. And you don't you don't want that as your safety depth going into this crucial stretch of the season. Yep. So yeah, it, it got to a point where it's like I think we're at the territory where, yeah, this really hurts. The, like I think this one hurts him bad. Yeah. Just the timing, the, the injury, the lock, 
this everything is like, and it's funny how it's funny. Is that I think the craziest thing about it is like how you know Sean Payne joked to Kareem like he Sean Sean Payne told us that he joked to Kareem saying, "Hey, like you know we're glad you're back, <laughs> but don't screw like you know yeah. don't screw don't screw this up." And boom, it's like three plays in, and you knew like the fact that it happened three plays in in your first game back, and you know, and Sean Payne said also too, you have multiple priors. So whether you can like you can argue where. You can you can argue a lot of things. You can yep. say, "Hey, like th- this hit in particular does not warrant a four game suspension," and that could be true. You yep. can you can make that argument that the hit against Josh Dobbs uh, doesn't warrant a four game suspension, but the pr- he has a lot of priors before that that kind of hurts him as well. So I think that's where you look like where to me if it stands at four games i won't be surprised because given the fact that it happened three plays after his first game back from suspension he's already suspended before that he he's been fine on four different occasions it's it's kind of like it's kind of like that you know the nfl is treating him like that bad kid at school like you keep going you keep like you keep acting up you keep acting up and the punishment is going to get get more severe like we give you a break and boom you go back and do it again so yeah like i just do i think the hit might have been warned before the suspension. I don't know. You could probably make an argument that may, that hit in particular, probably not. But you got. I think the league is not going to look at that. But they're going to look at. All right, we brought you back. We reduced the. You reduced the original four game to two, and you've done this multiple times before. I think that's the, they're going. I think all that is going to be a factor in, in this decision. Yeah, no doubt. And I mean, he told. Um... He told Troy Rank. I mean, this is what this is. This is one of the things where it's like on Tuesday after the Monday night game, like he was in Denver because he didn't travel with the team. He was still suspended at the time, and he like had a he had an event because he was giving away Thanksgiving meals in like an underserved community. Right, that's a great thing to do. Like that, that's that's like one of those things. It's like a testament to to character. And at that point, like he told Troy Rank from Denver Seven at that event that he knew he, he had to you know maybe change a little bit the way he played. And then in the locker room later in the week, the tone was a little bit different. You know, it was I, I'm not really clear on what the rule is. I don't know how to, you know, how to interpret it or, or exactly how to play within it. And then like so to say that, you know, to say, well, I just don't it's not really black and white to me. It's not really clear how to play within the rules. And then to go out and put both your feet in the ground and, and lower your head and launch upward at a player, regardless of whether you end up hitting him in the chest or or, you know, in the helmet like. The league is, I, I think the, that on appeal, you know, even though Derek Brooks, who's an old middle linebacker, is the one, you know, hearing the appeal today, at some point they're going to look at it and be like, I don't really believe that you're trying to work within the framework of what we're asking you to do, you know? And so if that's the case, who we'll see here later today, um, it could stay at four, maybe it gets reduced a little bit. We'll see. Um, but yeah, so obviously critical time uh, for that and uh, pretty safe to say, unless something radical happens that at least, you know, won't be on the field on Sunday um, against Cleveland. We'll see how much further after that. Ryan, before we go, um, the Browns, I, I cruised through the, um, condensed version of their game Sunday against Pittsburgh and like Pittsburgh's not very good offensively, but Holy cow, is this defense good? I mean, you've got miles Garrett, probably the defensive player of the year, 13 and a half sacks already this year. Uh, and Zadarius Smith on the edge. You've got good guys in the interior. You've got, um, J O K Jeremiah, 
Awusu, Koromoa, uh, you know, leading the linebacking group. You've got good corners. Grant Delpit's playing great at safety. Like, this is a defense that's really good at all three levels um, and has been arguably, you know, the best defense in the NFL. So um, two teams playing well, two defenses playing at really high levels. Uh, wh what do we think uh, Sunday at Empower Field? This is going to be a low-scoring contest. I'm going to go, God, um, I'm going to go 17-14. I'm going to go 17-14 Broncos. I think it's going to be a big game for Will Lutz. So if you, any, anyone uh, needs a kicker on their fantasy league and don't and, and Will Lutz is not on your roster, I would suggest, you know, picking them up. If you got them, good for you. I think it's going, it's going to be one of those games where it's like Will Lutz is just going to kick a, a handful of, like, just a bunch of field goals. And I I think the key. I think the key that's going to be here for the Broncos is the offense continue to limit the turnovers. If the yep. offense does not turn the ball, I'm really. I, I think the. I think the Denver is going to continue um, their turnover spree on Dorian Thompson Robinson. Uh, but I think when it comes, I think it's going to come down to the offense. If they can keep it clean, uh, you know, they're, they're not going to. They're not going to get a lot of breaks with this defense. But you know, if they can capitalize on the on the very few they they do, I think they can pull it off. So I'm going to go 17-14. 17-14 Broncos, and, we're, and it's crazy to say it, but we will be looking at a Broncos team that will be a game over 500 after everything we saw uh, the start of the year. That, would, that is crazy. I mean, it's certainly within the realm of possibility. I, the line's pretty close so far, I think. This is one, Ryan, where I feel like I, I reserve the right to change my mind over the course of the week because it just, <laughs> it just feels like one of those weeks, you know? Like Dorian Thompson-Robinson, he really – he had some accuracy issues. Obviously, he got thrown in against Baltimore, and then you know they did enough to win against Pittsburgh. But if he if he throws the ball in the middle part of the field with the same accuracy issues, the same lack of accuracy that he had um, against Pittsburgh, then the Broncos have a great chance of getting him a couple times because it's really um, it's just it doesn't take much against Denver's defense. Really opportunistic for a ball, you know, even like the one that they didn't get on Sunday where where Pat Sertan, you know, ball over the middle, he pops it up in the air, and Josie Jewell almost came down with it. That's the kind of thing that I feel like that's in the cards uh, potentially for the Broncos on Sunday. I just – I'm not sure how good a matchup it is for the Broncos at this point. Um, Cleveland's really good running the ball. They run the ball more frequently um, than any team in the NFL, like just carries per game. Um, and their defense is playing lights out. So I'm with you. I think really low-scoring game – Right now, we'll see how PJ Locke's doing. We'll see kind of how the week goes, um, what the vibe is. But right now, I'm saying field goal fest as well. Cleveland, 16 to 13, setting up what would then be like obviously a, a must win uh, for Denver in, in Houston the week after that. Oh yeah, if 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 they don't, to me, if they don't beat the Cleveland, if they don't beat Cleveland also on on Sunday, I think that Houston game. I think that's to me. I think that's kind of like your playoff or bus type of like playoff for like not type of game. Yep. I feel like if they lose, they lose to Houston. If they lose back to back games to me, I think that's it. I think that's it for the season. Um, but if they're, and I, I, you would think they would not want to, they would try to avoid that. Uh, but yeah, if they, if they do lose it on Sunday, yeah, that, that Houston game is going to be very, very critical because that's right there. It's going to decide to me. I think that game right there will ultimately decide um, how the rest of the season will go. Yep. And then flip side, if they win both, I mean, it's on. Yeah. You know, it's on. Oh, yeah. and, then, and then you're thinking about not just sneaking in, but, um, you know, if you're not winning the division, um, at least 
you know, hosting a wild card game or something like that. So it's that time of year. Uh, surprisingly enough, the Broncos are right in the thick of it. We've seen them obviously turned around big time uh, over the last four games. And we'll continue to have all the coverage you need uh, right here. DenverPost.com slash Broncos. That's Ryan McFadden. I'm Parker Gabriel. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. If you've got us on YouTube, uh, we will talk to you all next week. Thank you.